eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team yeah there should be some passion this doesn't have to be boring 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 hey one thing the game needs is more people like you 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 still have grown man run around tight pants it's mookie betts it's daniel bard it's steve aoki there's salt lamakia this is brock Holt. hey this is john lester baseball is baseball baseball isn't boring welcome to baseball isn't boring here's your host rob radford Some of you, when you hear this song, may think what fun it must have been to have been your parents going to parties where plates of pills and disco music and loose vibes and looser morals were passed around. Some of you may think of your favorite scene from one of the most iconic comedies of the early 2000s, Napoleon Dynamite. When I hear it, I think two words, yay baseball, because this is the official theme music of the one and only Brad Foe show himself, Rob Bradford, who is kind enough to give us a couple of minutes right now to provide some baseball perspective and talk the triumphant return of Theo as he joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Happy Saturday, Brad oh, Foe. How are you? It's so good to talk to you guys. And, and I, you know what I think of? I think of the next Patriots quarterback, which is Uncle Rico. 
Right? I mean, <laughs> I take him, Bradfall. I'm so desperate for an arm. The story. Oh, uh, I don't know if you follow Mike. I believe his name is Mike Camerlengo. Uh, oh, he's one of the best followers I, on, I, tw- on Twitter. I'm butchering. I'm probably butchering his name, but Mike he, Camerlengo. Yeah, yeah. So he does these. These uh, he takes movie clips and then he narrates them. And I retweeted the one that he did this week, or it's an older one, but the one he did of Uncle Rico, uh, it's Disco. Disco, to either his account, my account, whatever it is, mm-hmm. him throwing a stake at Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> or him throwing the football at the camera. I mean, I could watch that all day long. And, what and, are you if, doing? <laughs> so Brad, I got to tell you real quick. Yeah. Um, I think 60 Second Classics is the name of the yes. uh, online social media series that Mike created. He's uh, he, tremendous stuff. If you get a chance, and I'll try to find it and retweet it, audience. I'm at Fitzy GFY, and he's obviously at Bradfo Show, um, at Bradfo. Um, he did one where he broke down the dancing scene where Jean-Claude Van Damme gets hammered <laughs> in Kickboxer and dances and beats up the guys in the bar. And it is it is two minutes of absolute gold. One of the best things I've ever watched. I feel like we should do a sixty second classic for like Wiggy going down slopes. The other day. So <laughs> maybe I'll send him some footage. He'll do uh, it. I think he would do it. It'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's tremendous. All right, Brad Foe. So you like the rest of us? Yeah. I'm not sure if you had heard any. Had you heard any intimations? Uh, yeah, there in seven, the could- seven, seven minutes before it happened. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I did. I hate doing the eyeballs thing, but yeah. you know, on on Twitter or whatever. But when you don't have a, quite enough information and you know something's going down, there's no other thing you can do. Is here comes eyeballs. And the weird thing was, so when I did the eyeballs at whatever, I think it was eight forty-five yesterday morning, and said something's brewing with the Red Sox. It was, and then everybody obviously thought, okay, you're going to get a player. You have Corbin Burns happen the night before. This is the Red Sox' big chance to get a player. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting to me was when it came out, and I knew it was an FSG thing, and, and when it came out and it was Theo, this thing which, which would have dominated and made everybody happy back in October, I think more than 50% of the responses I got was like, really? Really? You know, it's not Jordan Montgomery. It's not a player. Come on. What are you doing to us? Which I thought was really, really interesting. It's sort of an, an example of where we've landed with this team right now. No question, because that's kind of my response. I think if, if you had told me Theo Epstein was going to be involved with this baseball team last fall into the offseason, I think it would have brought excitement and hope and full throttleness and whatever the hell else you want to call it artistically or artfully or not artfully. Um, but now Fitzy and I were just talking about this as much as my reaction is, Oh, that's great. This guy has done some remarkably historic things in major league baseball. What can he do right now as we're in February to make my May, June and July any better? Well, you know, it, it's never good when you have to put on the bumper stickers. Uh, welcome back to Epstein dot, dot, dot. It can't hurt. <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it's it's sort of this ambiguous title, this role. And I know that uh, Cotillo and McAdam had the report last night about how the Red Sox felt like they need to pay more attention to the, the baseball side of things. And this is why Theo. But at the same time, you have the releases where, yeah, OK, you know, he's going to do this. He's going to be you know, disc golf. I, I don't know what, you know, all these different things he's do, he's overseeing. Um, and he's going to be an executive advisor to not only Craig Breslow, but the Pittsburgh Penguins GM. So it's just sort of this all over the thing, all over the map job description. 
Um, now, what I all I know is this: I think it's a good thing because Theo Epstein is a competitive guy. I don't think he's. I think he's a smart guy. I think he will have an influence and help Craig Breslow because another thing that we have to understand that Heim Bloom, one of the things that they didn't have was sort of that advisor guy, that older advisor guy, which a lot of teams have. Mm-hmm. And this is one way of looking at that, that he can be that older advisor guy to help guide him in other ways. But I think Theo isn't going to affiliate himself with something that, is that we see now with this this franchise and this organization. In other words, Theo Epstein is smart enough and competitive enough not to get up in front of in a town in a golf town hall uh, um after not appearing in, after John Henry didn't appear at the 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 baseball town hall and meanwhile Corbin Burns is being traded to the Orioles. Theo Epstein's smart enough and competitive enough to not have that image out there. He knows how important the Red Sox are, and he also knows, like it or not, he is now attached to the baseball arm of the Fenway Sports Group. Brad Show himself, Rob Bradford, joins us from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast here on the Fitzy and Hart Show via the Harbor One Hotline. Yeah, I mean, Brad Fo, I guess, I guess this just goes back really to my nature tr- to try to not be too cynical about it, to to hope and want it to be something a bit more genuine than just like here, uh, bright shiny object them over here, give them their meat, give them their cake, throw you know just a little something to to hush the masses that have been booing us at consecutive winter weekends and that are grousing online. Um, I, I I I get I get it. It's very it's it's weird. It should have been announced months ago. And yeah, I would have loved to have heard Corbin Burns. Uh, I've wanted him uh, on the Red Sox for months. I'd rather have even heard about Snell or Montgomery. But we get Theo. So. Before any other possible pitchers or players are acquired, paid for, bought, etc., what realistically could we hope Theo's impact would be? Like, would he? Does he now over? Is he going to be the overseer of Craig Breslow? Did Breslow just get his legs cut out from under him? Is he going to be just a a resource and asset? What? Do you, how do you think Fenway Sports Group will deploy Theo towards the Red Sox? Well, I think first of all, one thing that you have to, have to also remember is that. Theo was a huge advocate of Craig Breslow. I mean, this was, yep. I, I think that Craig Breslow is here in large part because they really, really valued what Theo had said and in, in his influence on that decision. So I do think that, how, let's, for, for instance, with Theo, you're, you're, you've got a week and a half, less than a week and a half in, in the offseason. You have free agents out there. You're dealing with Scott Boris. So, Craig Breslow has dealt with agents before, but the, how many times have Theo Epstein dealt in an offseason with Scott Boris? So a Theo Epstein can say to Craig Breslow, okay, what are they saying? This is how you want to net, navigate this. This is how you want to play this. This is how they usually do things. That goes a long way, too. Or with other executives, when you get into a trade and negotiations. and So Theo has gone through the gauntlet of all this stuff. So I do believe that he can have an impact, a very real impact, in helping Craig Breslow. And that's where this advisor role is so, so important. You, you, you have to have guys who have been around the block. I'll go way back when Theo took over. When Theo took over as GM, he had a guy named Bill LaJoy. Bill LaJoy mm-hmm. was the architect of the, the old Tigers, I think the 1984 Tigers team. But Bill LaJoy came in 
And I remember Theo saying this to me at the time at 29 years old. He said, yeah, we brought him in not only because he has experience, but he has a strong desire to kick butt. And I think that that is, I don't think Theo's as old as Bill Joy was, but that is the same mentality. And I do think that one thing that you have to understand about Theo Epstein is that he's a very, very, very competitive person. So I'll come back to it. I don't think he's going to be affiliated with the baseball arm in any way, shape, or form and just let things slide and say, oh, you know what, it's no big deal. i got to attend to the Pittsburgh Penguins over here. So, Bradfield, you're doing the nearly impossible. You're kind of injecting a little excitement in me right now for the Red Sox. This, no, no, I'm being serious. The way you keep fixating on just Theo's competitiveness and being aligned with this team, because I've heard you talk for months about one of the issues with these Red Sox that you see is figuring out where they are in sort of the hierarchy of Major League Baseball. Are you a top-tier team competing with the Dodgers and spending? Are you next tier? And when Theo was here... They competed with everybody, right? Like, they saw themselves as a superpower, mega mega power, whatever you want to... So do you believe that this Theo arrival could be an inflection point where we look back in a year, two years, three years, and say, that was the day the turnaround began? I would like to think so, but I can't say that because, Andy, I think something... And I said this the last few weeks. I think something has changed in terms of the financial dynamics of this team. Like, I, I... I think that you know, you don't go into the offseason. You don't first of all, you don't fire Heimblum and try to push away apathy. Um, you don't do the full throttle thing. You don't do that without so and Craig Breslow doesn't say what he said at the press conference without some understanding that you're gonna spend money. Yet we're sitting here and they're not spending money and they're not being as aggressive as they they we, we would hope that they would be. Something to me has changed over the last couple months. I don't know if they looked at the books and it's bottom line or whatever it is, but something has changed. And, and for Craig Breslow, you know, this is, as I said, we got about a week to go here before we can start defining what they are. And for Craig Breslow, we can't forget, he got up at that press conference and said definitively, we need a top of the rotation starter. We need to be better defensively. We need to get a right-handed bat. Well, they haven't got anything. Like, they haven't got any of that. They haven't gotten better defensively. They actually could probably gotten worse. The, mm-hmm. the top of the rotation starter, you're basically trading. So, the Giolito and, and Chris Sale are probably a wash right now. So, you haven't done any of that. We'll see. Maybe in the next week and a half, they will be. But to come back to your question about Theo, I think that I do think that uh, the, the, the competitiveness in, in him will at some point take root in the decision-making process with the Boston Red Sox. Will it be in the next month and a half? I find that hard to believe. Um, I don't put it this way. I don't think we're going to see what happened with the Baltimore Orioles, where within 48 hours, you go from this team that's not willing to spend money and not willing to do anything to, oh, by the way, here's new owners, and by the way, here's Corbin Burns. Like, I don't think that's going to happen in this case. It was such a frustrating week to be a Red Sox fan too, Bradford, because – uh, as I lamented in the opening segment of the show today, I was so, I'm not even going to say heartbroken, you know, heartbroken's not properly applied. I was just pissed that they didn't pony up a couple extra dollars for someone like Justin Turner. And what kind of message does that send to other, to players on the team, to prospective free agents, to just Major League Baseball at large, when a guy comes in like Justin Turner last year, 
with, you know, I would say middling expectations. No one expected him to possibly be the literal five-tool player that he was to play five different positions and to excel and have a career year, plus also providing all of the intangibles like he did uh, in the dugout, in the clubhouse, taking on a leadership role, and his reward for it, he opts out, hopes to get a two-year deal, doesn't, and he finds that the Red Sox aren't interested in giving him just a little more money to be able to do all of the awesome things. I just, I just found that infuriating, and that, that to me struck the wrong kind of chord for the direction. Like, the, I'm sure you're in touch with it too. The social media regarding the Red Sox after the Justin Turner move, and then don't even get into Corbin Burns, was brutal. I mean, mm. it's almost like we all believe Devers was signed after Henry got booed at Winter Weekend, and hey, Theo gets announced after the bad, the backlash and the bad optics of Turner and Burns. Well. And the Turner thing is, if if they feel like they have a better fit or a a, a fit that they, you know, this is this is the way that they want to go. Another positional mm-hmm. flexibility. They feel a younger player, whatever. That's fine. Okay, that's their prerogative to okay. find maybe find a, another person who you feel is going to be a better fit is going to give the offer the production. Either you're right or you're wrong. But the problem is, we haven't seen that person. I don't know that. I don't think Jorge Soler is that person. I don't think that, you know, Whit Merrifield's that person. So I don't think that there's anybody out there. So unless you're trading for someone, I don't think that there's that, that person. And if you don't have, if you cannot secure that person, then you are correct. This is a huge, huge miss because let's go down the list of things. And you already did. You know, absolute, no question about it, leader in the clubhouse. Not even a question. Perfect guy to help the young guys come up. Not even a question. Guy who was one of the most clutch hitters that I've seen since David Ortiz on this on this team. Not even a question. Also, one of the best offensive players, one of the top two best offensive players on the team. Not even a question. And also, the guy who protected Rafael Devers when we didn't know who was going to protect Rafael Devers in the lineup. All of that. You have to replace all of that. And so you let him go on a one-year deal to a league rival, and I'll come back to it. you got a week and a half to prove it's wrong because right now, don't give me, oh, I'm, we're going to rotate Tyler O'Neill and Yoshida into the DH spot because none of that is filled as, a, as we sit here right now. Okay, we just took a turn. Remember yeah, last question when I said you were giving me some no, excitement? I'm glad we did. Sorry to step on your toes, Andy. I'm glad we did because I'm still so steaming mad about this, and I'm glad you're on board with me. I hope it works out, Bradfoe, but like, if the guys that you love, the guys that fit, the guys the fans love rooting for can't even get a freaking, you know, a slight increase and a slight raise for having kicked ass with tanker gas the way he did last year, then I don't know what we're doing. Well, and, and, and real quick, the Sorry, you know, I think that uh, – some of the guys were asking me about this the other day. Well, aren't all the aren't the players on the team upset that they're taking this approach? I'm like, well, who's got, who's there to be upset? Like, there's nobody there to be upset. Okay, Devers was upset at the deadline, but Devers is kind of like his own guy. Kenley Jansen's going to be upset, yeah, but he's on a one-year tra- deal and he's probably going to get traded. Other than that, everybody else is trying to prove themselves. This isn't like... Pedroia and Lester and Ortiz and, and all these guys who have been the foundation saying, why didn't we get Nelson Cruz? There's no one to be upset. And that's the problem is that you need to find the guys who are invested in the franchise and in the team. So, yeah. And invested in watching the team because you just described me. I'm not inv- I'm not really upset. Like Fitzy's mad. 
I'm sort of indifferent to the Red Sox right now. So I'm going to give you a chance to fix this and to, to pull this home. Mm. Do you believe there is a chance? I mean, this is a baseball team we've been pissy about for a couple of years now, but we've also found ourselves caring at trade deadlines and trying to talk ourselves into wild card paths and road and hunt and all that. Do you think there's a chance that this team overachieves and we are caring about the baseball team more than we expect come trade deadline, or is this just a last-place baseball team in the AL East? No, I think there's a chance, but you're, it's, it comes back to the sort of the five aces way of thinking. <laughs> it does. I don't I mean, like this plan. Right, Closer by committee, I mean, too. You know, like, and we all, you know, other not only because of the awesome T-shirts, but because, you know, we could sell ourselves, oh, Wade Miley, J- uh, Justin Masterson, Rick Porcello, Clay Buckholz, and, of course, Cy Young Award winner Joe Kelly. You know, it's we, we, were, we were, oh, yeah, we can see how this works. But that's the danger of doing that. They did it with a bullpen a couple years ago. You need to have some semblance of certainty. So, yes, it could work. Absolutely, it could work. And they've done a lot of stuff behind the scenes with coaches and, and, and executives and everything to help build that foundation. But it's a big if, especially when you have the certainty that these other teams you're going against. I'll give the ultimate sign of optimism. I do not ever broadcast games on AM radio in spring training for teams I don't believe in. So there you go. Oh, nice. And hey, Bradfoe, if you've got any room, if you've got any room in your merch closet uh, next to the the Five Aces T-shirts, I have a couple of boogeymen and revenge tour shirts <laughs> that Kyle Van Noy sold me. That I. Uh, I- is it, is it right next to the Barry the Bear shirt? <laughs> the same one that I wore when I cried salty, chubby, 12-year-old tears into my Carvel cake during Super Bowl twenty. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Ah, oh, the memories. Yeah. Bradford, you're the best, man. Thanks for replying when I shot you a quick message asking you to jump on and talk socks. This was a, This is the kind of, you know, like jovial but honest talk I think Sox fans need to engage in right now. And hopefully ownership is taking us both in the media and us as Red Sox fans and the people that will fill that overpriced little band box of a ballpark this year. Seriously, and, you know, great point by you. Just who's there to get upset now that Turner's not there? Like you've got a bunch, like you said, a bunch of rookies, uh, recent call-ups, and guys living on an island as opposed to a team that feels like they didn't have the resources. And and best hope I guess we have this year, Rob, is that these guys all come together and form a team that, you know, that – uh, succeeds in in light of the lack of resources they've been given and is anyone else coming the, in the next two weeks do you see it? last one anyone coming in the next two weeks no one is Any- coming yeah no you know, i think what's going to happen is they i i saw a six foot four box that they're going to put jordan montgomery in and put him in truck day on monday there you nice. go <laughs> all right. No, all I mean, right. I, honestly, somebody that that could they could be playing the market very well. I've said this a lot. Who knows? You get Jordan Montgomery for a three year deal instead of a six six year deal. That could all happen. But we can only react to what we have right now, and this is what we have right now. Yes, sir. As always, give him a follow at Bradfoe. Um, Rob, great job as always. We'll look forward to all your coverage down there. I hope. Uh, what, what's your what's your what's your favorite place again? Twenty below. What is it called again? Uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> Twin Peaks. What is twenty below? No, well, the beer know. is the beer is twenty below. That's what oh, he's talking nice. about. <laughs> yeah, they serve the beer ice cold. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Twin Peaks. Well, enjoy your trip. Safe travels. We'll look forward to catching up with you down there. Uh, all the best, and thanks for joining us. Today, all right, I'll see you guys. Thanks. No one does socks talk better than at Bradfoe, the Bradfoe show himself. Make sure you. Like, share, smash that subscribe button on Baseball Isn't Boring. He is leading the endeavor and fighting the brave fight. One great baseball chat at a time. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.